Here's my burrito. Well, I mean, take two, you know. Take two. What you guys don't know is the best episode of this entire, maybe not the best, but certainly top five was recorded. It was pretty good. It's 49 minutes of gold, and, and that was just a break. It's, now it's gone because, as per always, my audio was fucked up somehow. What do you think that is? Because we've gone through so many different like iterations of problems, and it's always your audio that's fucked up. I <laughs> do you have a ghost or something that's fucking with you? I think I got cursed by a gypsy or something. Right. But just like a low-key curse. Apparently, gypsy's a pejorative term, and we're not supposed to be saying it anymore. But I, I love the word. I think it's real. I saw Hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah, you can be there's a gypsy. Yeah, there's a real that's nothing a whole pejorative race about of gypsies. Oh, <laughs> see, you're you're going wrong. See, like they were saying that it's they're, it's they're just there to swindle you, man. It's really pejorative against like Romanians, apparently. Right. Which is weird because I don't think gypsies can be from anywhere. You can be a Russian gypsy. You can you're be vampires, a, man. You're <laughs> vampires. This is the thing about gypsies, right? They don't get the credit. They're they're like the wolf spiders of of people. They yeah, they're coming in. They're leeching off of our society. I, I don't feel they're comfortable <laughs> with where this is going. I've never met a Romanian person. Like Corey's Corey's wife Mia is from Turkey, which is as close to Romania as I have ever yes, talked to I anyone. Want to right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, a couple countries Turkey away. Before you give me Romania. <laughs> Is is hungry closer? I don't know. I don't know you don't geography. Know? You remember when we had to draw a map for right. like uh, seventh grade geography. geography? The only year you do geography, by the way. Yeah, weird that that's a whole class, right? Of maps. Well, because history generally, you're supposed to get the geography lesson within it. But right. they at some point they were just I, like. I guess they were like, hey, let's give them a baseline so they right. know where Germany is. So that's fair. But you had right. to draw a map where you had to draw a certain number of countries. And a certain number of rivers, mm-hmm. a certain number of cities. Did you do the states one? Were they ever just like give you the, the little fucking? I think we were in the same same class. We were. We same were. Same school. I'm pretty sure we were. <laughs> well, that <laughs> I cut right through the illusion. <laughs> I think you know exactly what went down. Listen, I was looking up some history shit, and something that really caught my imagination was presidential heights, because that fucked with me. Because in my mind, the tallest president is... Yeah, Jorge Washington yeah. has got to be like 12 feet tall. Right. Uh, who's in second place in your mind? Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, really? Yeah, maybe. I don't have the exact listings in front of me, but he what I... looks I've, like he'd be a tall guy. And then Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln's the one I go to. Lincoln, and the hat He's did like the heavy lifting. Right. the top hat. <laughs> You know, the the hat did some heavy lifting everyone. for the for the for the height of it all, but I yeah. he's he's only like like Obama is taller than he than Lincoln, Trump is taller than all of them. Trump is like the third tallest president ever. Really, that fucks with my soul because I've never like when he's next to Obama, I've never been like oh he's taller than Obama, like he's physically imposing. Right, but apparently he is. He's six foot three. Obama's only six one. Lincoln Damn. was six one. Right. But they, they got portrayed as these lanky motherfuckers, these like right. Gumby looking motherfuckers. Gumby. They're just really like disproportionate and shit. You know? But Trump is just like full of gas and right. McDonald's and Diet Coke and just fucking. That's literally my thing. How walls of the White House? How isn't he dead? <laughs> like he's 70 years old, 71 years old. He and he like has he's a, a second away from a heart attack at all times. I know, but he's not. He's going to keep going. And <laughs> like, he literally like almost only eats fast food because he's worried that other food is going to be poisoned. Right. And he doesn't exercise because he thinks that the body has a finite amount, amount of, of heart energy. Beats, right. Heartbeats. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like a battery. So he <laughs> thinks all those workout turkeys are running around. Right. <laughs> just ruining their lifespan. Listen, 
What if he's right? Jim Fix. Jim Fix was, I don't even remember Jim Fix. He was that jogging dude in the mm. early, like, I mean, was it in the 80s he died or 90s? Jim Fix was a guy who was, like, really into fitness, and he ran, like, eight miles a day. Had a heart attack doing what, Max? Ding, ding, ding. Fitness? Jogging. Yes. <laughs> he died while he did the. And I was just like, well, maybe there's no rhyme or reason to this, what, man. What if like, Trump is right about that, and he's right about everything else. What if we, what if we later find Mexicans out are criminals. <laughs> like, you're going to go that far to it? Like, when the kaijus come out of the Gulf of Mexico, it's like, my wall would have protected us. We were wrong. <laughs> he was the most humble man ever. God, man. I mean, the reason I brought this up was mostly because, like, six foot three, like, there is, for whatever reason, this weird psychology of you're tall, therefore you have, you're a dominating figure or whatever. Yeah. You know who the shortest president was? James Madison. Do you know how short James Madison was, Max? Five foot two? Five foot three. Like, how can I take that I, little... I actually didn't know that about him. How do you take him seriously as a human being? I'm sorry. Think about that. Well, you, well, you've got to also think though that if he made it to the office of the, of the presidency and commanded a room, he must have been like a real badass. A real badass. Yeah, like a little Napoleon. Like it didn't matter. Like his presence negated his height. Holy shit! Which is kind of he crazy. walked into a room and the shadow yeah. that was cast, they all took as him right, as the real. Right. Because any room, he's going to be the shortest guy there, and right. he's still the most powerful person in the country. He said some words. They're like, "Where's that shit coming from?" They couldn't find him. Yeah. <laughs> There's a room full of tall people. Like he really hated going to the. <laughs> he hated going to the symphonies because you know there's always the asshole who would like right before the main gig came on they'd push their way through and he's like get, fuck. Got him like a booster seat. <laughs> of course, of course. When he addressed Congress and shit, they got him like a little oh, stepping like stool. Step I mean that really is a good. That's a good theory, right? Because James Ma- James Madison also wrote some of the Federalist Papers. That's his other claim to fame and shit. So he was like a titan. He was a uh, you know we don't talk about him the same way. But wasn't Napoleon not that short? Like he was a reasonably c- common misconception. Yeah. Five foot seven. Napoleon not short. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. Right? what's wrong with that? Do you, do you, are you, you're like yeah, like my height. Like that's reasonable. Like right? I'm a reasonable height. I like <laughs> immediately went to defending your. Own. I feel like we took this whole detour just to get to you being above. I was working my average. Way there, yeah. You know. I, the Bolivians, as we found out from Barry and from Nature, five foot two, the shortest group of people, the shortest in, uh, and race. And I'm really grateful for that because right. they bring down like the average. Right. So, so like I'm normal. Right. Because of them. Have they ever figured out who who's the tallest one? Like who's the tall? Because you figure like Africa's got some tall fuckers. Germany probably has some tall fuckers. Like Samoans, aren't they like really tall? They're really uh, muscular. They're like really. Just right, I don't know. But see, that's the thing, because like, uh, how big's uh, Rock? Like, who's the uh, Dwayne Johnson? Is he? Because again, he's also a tall guy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or he could be like six foot even and or just he's looks like, like Tom Cruise. Like, right? <laughs> Force perspectives. They got him on fucking platform shoes and shit like that. That'd be wonderful if we found that he out about the like rock. All of 150 pounds. Well, I was talking to that about Robert because you know Robert's like a big fitness guy, and we're talking about working out. He's like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I just ride my bike, or like, <laughs> like I just do cardio, basically. Like I should do other stuff." And I'm just like, "Well, the rock's damn near 50 now, and he still has that muscle mass." And yeah. we're just talking about his diet and steroids. That's what he said. He was like, "There's no yeah, way you look like that, and you don't have steroids." But there apparently there's a healthy way to do steroids, which I never ever heard about because <laughs> like, when you hear about steroids you hear about the horror stories you hear about like chris benoit going on roid rage and like killing his family or some shit you know there, what i mean there's a pretty interesting documentary called um bigger stronger faster that's about like steroid use in the bodybuilding and fitness communities and stuff that you should check out and what's the takeaway from the documentary just that there are a lot of common misconceptions about him and they're right and it's okay to do oh, okay. like well that it's like uh, you take on certain risk no matter how you do it like it's gonna lead to problems probably down the line but like it's up to you so what happens? To, what's how does this end for Rock? You know, like um, he's probably gonna be fine, man. He's rich as fuck. Yeah, he, but he can buy a new heart. Right. 
Because that's right. the main problem. It just like enlarges your organs and and shrinks other ones. Shrinks other ones. What a terrible <laughs> fucking thing! <laughs> Steroid. We're gonna enlarge your heart like the Grinch, but not in a good way. And then we're I mean, gonna shrink your balls. Like Sly is still on him, probably. Oh, Sly has to be. Oh yeah. Right. Doing Rambo. Do you think he's done with movies, <laughs> or is he? He's doing Rambo again. Really? Is that happening? I think he, he might be. My lord! Didn't we say what you want about the Rambo movies? That last one at least ended with a definitive like it's beautiful. The whole last I the credits. I didn't see. You it. didn't see it. Did you die? Right. No, but let me tell you what happened, all right? Because the whole part is like, you've never seen Rambo. Rambo, remember that trailer dropped, and there's literally a scene where it looked like you just punched someone's head off? Like, it was an editing (laughs) trick, but we were like, what? Like, I was like, this is the Rambo we've been waiting for. Movie starts, dude. Starts with the reflection of a dictator's glasses, all right? And he just gets people off this wagon. He's like, I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) But that means run, right? And these people are like, no, right? Mm -hmm. And then they just run. Makes them run through landmines. Things things are blowing up everywhere. And this is an establishing shot. You know the purpose of this scene is just to show how ruthless this motherfucker is, right? Right. Diametrically opposed to to John Rambo, who will be coming up later. So whatever evil Rambo does will pale in comparison to this. So... The whole point of the movie is like these fucking kids, these like uh, college students are just like, we're going to change the world. We're going to stop the fighting like liberals and stuff. fucking snowflake assholes. And I'm saying that as a liberal, you know what I mean? I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, they go out there like we're going to change things. And then they they need a guide to go up the river. And so they find John Rambo. There it is. That's the lie. He's like, you got any guns? No. You're not gonna change anything. <laughs> Bam! Right, Rocky knows what's up. <laughs> Quickly, detour to this story, Rocky. <laughs> Rambo. Not Rocky uh, leading a bunch of liberals through the jungle. <laughs> it's a different movie. Say what you want. It's a different movie. Me and <laughs> one day when I was I working for Merrick, I had to. <laughs> I know a lot about this voice. <laughs> one day when I was working with Merrick, I had to go down to Tampa to pick up some business cards. And when I did that, it was right next to Nick at USF. So I called up Nick like, yo, let's hang out, dude. So I went over to USF and we started watching this random movie on HBO that was like all documentary hands, uh, handheld of like a guy being in Burma. And I was just like, I think this is I think this is Rambo, man. <laughs> so we watched it for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, I still think this is going to be Rambo. And then it's like him on a bus. And then Nick Riff that like, imagine if this just freezed right here with this guy's handheld, right, in a bus. And then like in the corner of the frame yeah. is John Rambo. It's like slow zoom. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. 25 minutes of a cold open. And he's just trying to live his si- like an anonymous life in Burma. Right. And they found him. He just him. keeps getting found by danger. satellites are fucking firing up that they're transmitting great comedy is just rambo uh running around trying to be a normal guy right and danger just like gets attracted to him like a magnet like, <laughs> just trying to buy groceries and a terrorist attack happens okay you know right. just shit like that he's trying to pay his mortgage nowhere like a pterodactyl with yeah. the law thought to be extinct as it comes <laughs> back swoops in like so i just won't pay my bills <laughs> there's a pterodactyl <laughs> i know i did a lot of stuff in vietnam but i just want to live my life <laughs> Right? Do they ever go in really? Because I don't remember First Blood or Rambo Part Two, Rambo First Blood Part Two rather, yeah. um, because I think the second one's just laughable. But did he? What did he did something terrible? Right? Is that his whole deal? He's killed like hundreds of people, right? Well, yeah, but that was Charlie. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie doesn't count. What's your point, man? I mean, I'm just saying, like you know, he's done a lot, a right. lot of murder. Here's the thing: you talk so softly, and then you get further away from the mic when you do. I can talk here. Mike's still going to pick me up. Mm. You got to eat that Mike dick. That uh, that dick's got to be all up in you, man. In the mouth, though, not the other way. So you need me to talk louder? Yeah, or talk louder. So just say <laughs> That's that. That's the other. 
Oh man, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, what to say. I don't know either. What do you What do you want to talk about? Um, sun, the sun. The sun. Yeah, I love the sun. Why? Uh, it's great. Gives life. Uh, it makes life possible. Does it? It makes the Earth rotate in you, a circle. Do you ever see those uh, things that are all about like, what if the sun died out right now? And we die. We wouldn't know for eight minutes. That's the best part of it. That's fucked up. Eight minute warning, man. But I mean, what would we do with that that warning? We would write a sci-fi film, you and I, about eight minutes, <laughs> in eight minutes about someone and shoot it and show it. Who has to? The premise of the sci-fi film is that yeah. we have to save the sun, and we only have eight minutes to do it. It's an eight-minute film shot in real time, mm-hmm. but in four times the speed. We have to introduce an inception concept so we can, you know, right. go into layers and, and time slows down and shit. Or we can be near a black hole. As uh, I'm just doing Nolan bits here, but like, time <laughs> needs to get diluted. Is my point. Nolan's taking all the ideas. Right, like, who the fuck does that guy think he is? And for what purpose? Make a movie that goes backwards. And that's like, now no one can do that. Right. Because fucking Nolan did it. He's the Simpsons of directors. Well, Jonah Nolan wrote that story. Why doesn't he get the credit Jonathan for that? Nolan? Yeah, he goes by Jonah. Too. Does he? Yeah. Is he the same guy that does Westworld? Yeah. Why does he not have a British accent? Because he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do a goddamn thing. Does Christopher Nolan have to? Well, he's from England proper, I think. What, Wait, what, what what's the deal with these brothers? You're right. One of them has an accent and one of them doesn't. Right. What's this about? It's I'm going to find out. It's something that I've wondered a lot in my life. Um, have you? Like, this yep. is keeping me up. It does. It says British born or British American screenwriter. Let's see what his thing is. He's born in London. Mm. Uh, what's your early life, boy? Raised in both London and Chicago. Chicago? Proud tradition of meats. There's Chicago meat. Yeah, sausage, sausages. Go back to the <laughs> Chicago meat thing. Isn't that all I, I Chicago's? I'm moving to New York, and you go, "Oh, you're about to be a part of a proud tradition of Chicago meat." <laughs> Forgot I said that. <laughs> but that's the truth, man. Chicago is is known for their meat. A proud tradition. It is a proud tradition. I think of Chicago. I just think of like the Industrial Revolution, and uh, <laughs> you know, when I think Industrial Revolution, I think I go to uh, England. I go to London, right? Immediately. Think of there's smokestacks right. and uh, so Jersey? poor conditions in factories. <laughs> right, isn't that where uh, that one book takes place? The jungle, the jungle. Yes, by Upton in Sinclair, Chicago. Right, didn't he do a book called Oil too? Probably. That guy was really trying to be the fucking, fucking yeah. <laughs> that guy was trying to be the annoying Michael Moore of his time. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna fuck with the oil industry. I'm gonna fuck with meat. Like, fuck you, guy. Why did you pollute? You're bad. <laughs> Shows up at his house, just leaves a picture of a sausage. Like, why? <laughs> Poor Charlton Heston. Right, because wasn't he already fucked up by that? Did he have, like, Alzheimer's he already? Old. He yeah. probably agreed to, like, I, I wonder how they approached him. Probably, like, Mr. Heston. Because he had to sign off on it to yeah, get in like, there. He let Michael Moore into his home with right. a bunch of cameras. So Michael Moore probably told him, like, oh, we're going to do doing a documentary about guns. And he's like, I love guns. So, like, we know. Right. And then he comes in there with his gotcha journalism. It really, but it really is gotcha journal. That's it the really problem with it. Is, is that like Michael Moore does have these moments. He just hey, he has moments, man, where he's really great and he really yeah. gets it and he yeah. understands the yeah. core of what he's trying to say. But then and he does some shit like the Charlton Heston thing, and then you're like, well, all right, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, you're just being emotionally manipulative. He's getting up there. Someone will do this to him in a little bit. He'll just what, be really. He's old now. Well, he's getting there. He's like sixty something years old. Yeah, and he's big. He's big. He's. I, I yeah. keep. I kept waiting for him to get famous enough to like get a personal trainer. And right. Lose the weight. <laughs> to but it never do happened. the Goodman thing. Yeah, or the Peter Jackson <laughs> thing. 
Well, see, the thing about Peter Jackson, I'll say this, is I, I feel like his talent left with, with the weight. Yeah, I'm not well, I don't want to say talent per se, but I will say his happiness and his passion for filmmaking. I think he's just too tired now. I think he I do. Have, like, have you seen pictures of him working on The Hobbit as opposed to working on Lord of the Rings? Like mm. infinitely more happy doing the Rings movies, man. I'm sure. Just like just he seemed like and it's really weird, too, because if you think about like all of the there was no there was nothing up until that point. Yeah. That would have led you to believe, oh, that guy's going to do Lord of the Rings. Like, right. The Frighteners, no. Heavenly Dead Creatures, that, no, Meet the Feebles, no. no. None of this was, uh, was like, oh, this was his audition tape to go to Middle Earth, you know? Right. But that's how they do it now, man. Like, they, they get, like, they pluck somebody out of indie obscurity and right. they give them a huge franchise. And I don't know how that happens. Who's done that? And then we can trace back that they, they were able to get out and do something else, right? Because, like, Trevorrow did Safety Not Guaranteed. Then he went straight to Jurassic World. Then he did that Book of Henry shit that everyone hates. It's supposed to be terrible. I haven't seen yeah. it. But I hear it's terrible. I, I Well, you know what, like, what that's about? No, tell me I, I haven't seen it. Tell me what it's I about. I know what it's about enough is that, like, Naomi Watts has a genius son named Henry. Nice. Who realizes or finds out that, like their neighbor next door is either beating or like molesting his daughter or something creepy is happening. Well, this got weird. So he leaves plans after he dies, like her son dies, uh, for Naomi Watts, like instructions for Naomi Watts to kill like with a sniper rifle her neighbors and daughter. And that's the book of Henry. And it's also about him doing cute shit too, like making his mom rich with good investments and stuff because he's a genius. Wait, so this is like a PS I love you, but with, with the kid? It's a lot going on. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they do they do like the, uh, oh, that person's dead, significant ever. Like, yeah. like, the house is dark, and I'm drinking, and I have a TV, and I'm watching old mm-hmm. home movies. And it's yeah. just like, um, stop it. Like, looking <laughs> at you and shit. That's what Book of Henry is. Just Basically. like a bunch of those, but in a book form. Like, yeah. That's fucked up. All right, whatever. My point, I don't want to get down to that rabbit hole because that gets weird. Because that, I'm going to be honest, you didn't, you didn't dissuade me from watching Naomi Watts sniper it, somebody. Well, it seems like just like a fucking clusterfuck. Right. Just a huge cluster. I think Dean Norris plays the next door neighbor <laughs> too. Norris. I could be wrong. My lord, Breaking Bad wasn't enough. He was like, well, we gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> All right, so my point is this, though. Breaking Bad wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. His career should have ended there. We all said it. We all know it. That I really felt that way. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching The Shield now, man, and yeah. it's like, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a shorter Michael Chiklis. Um, my point, though, is like, all right, so you didn't see Cop Car, but that's John Watts. John Watts mm. ended up doing Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Um, Which he, is not a well-directed film, but it is charming it, it's it's fine like, cop car is a solid film so my but the that's the point i was saying is like uh, spider-man's not his you know spider-man belongs to an institution and it's being micromanaged and like they have right. to do the story that way he hasn't made a film since then like yeah. you know what i mean and i'm trying to think of all those people like trank did his little cutesy thing and then he went off the deep end. went crazy exactly yeah trevorrow's now been taken off of um, uh star wars and was. taken off jurassic or i think he's back to jurassic park now. i'm curious what happens with james gunn now because he pretty much has license to work at any other studio i'm guessing like, right would take him happily right it's like he can clearly handle it he's gonna do suicide squad it seems is he? yeah i mean it seems like he's doing that which I, honestly i would be excited for that i uh, yeah right yeah. like because there was because way back when before we got any actual uh, semblance of how bad that movie was going to be mm-hmm. that first trailer was at least intriguing because you're like well this is different yeah. <laughs> you know it's all these crazy splashy colors after like the fucking slog that was man of steel and batman v superman right just so depressing that was like depression the movie 
Depression. Like, there's no color. There's no fun. Right. It's just miserable. It would have been a better movie if there wasn't all this like cataclysmic shit. But it was just a really harrowing tale of uh, depression between like Batman. Remember when Jesse Eisenberg blows up Congress with a guy's wheelchair and then tries to make it look like Superman was responsible, <laughs> but they immediately know he wasn't. A lot of planning. What was his plan? In right. That movie? Say what you want about the Kevin Spacey Lex Luthor. <laughs> like at least he had a plan. Like land, real estate, real estate. Like we're I'll running be the out only of time. real estate game in town. Right. Like at least like I could get behind it, sort of. But like I have no, the the P thing. Here, here we are again, bringing up things <laughs> that are not positive as positives. Kevin fucking Spacey. At least Kevin Spacey got. Oh it no no right. no! His take on the character. I am not going to say anything about the directed Kevin Spacey. by Ryan Singer. Right. Problematic faves. Right. <laughs> now you start thinking about it. You're like, Bosworth got a fucking like underground prostitution ring. I just want to know how right. much evil was in one film. You know? Who is this? Is that Brandon Routh? Yeah, man. He Good did Scott him. Pilgrim and got out of there. Dylan Dog? Bro, Dylan Dog. I don't know what you're saying. You don't know right what that now. is? What is that? Dylan Dog, I think, is a French or an Italian comic, but they adapted it here, and it was like he did a movie. It was like and a low. Brandon Routh was in it? Yeah, he was the titular character. Damn. And, uh, Good for him. Didn't do well. You never uh, heard of it, well. obviously. <laughs> like I get freaked out when you haven't heard of movies because that's largely our job. I mean, we just like pay attention to shit. You know, we know about shit. So when you haven't heard of it, it's like, oh man. But I'll go through like top ten lists of like a bunch of critics and stuff, and there there will always be like half of it I haven't heard of. Right. It's like fucking, like what am I doing with my life? What are you doing with your life? Living it, working full time. So you're a part of the problem. You're just a proletariat. Waking up every day, take your pills, put your blinders on, yeah. go to work, let me pick, let me stow. They're the same thing now. I don't know what the department's called, but still. No, they're separate. They're separate again? Yeah. They put them together. They're separate. And then they separated them again. It's a different model. What, what? When did the new model kick in? It's a PCF model. What's a PCF mean? Um, pick count floor health. <laughs> health? Wait, you dropped a whole fucking uh, letter in the acronym. Well, they don't want to say PCFH. It makes at least literal because sense. it makes it sound like you have four things when you have three. Right. But when I was... I don't want to get into this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like that. I, don't I was like, like, where are you going with this? I don't like that. I don't like anything about what you do, man. I'm going to be real. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to say to that. Well. It makes me money. Does that make you uncomfortable that I'm making a living? You know, we're going to do a podcast on this. So I'm hesitant to get too deep into it, but on we did. What? But we did I'm watch. Sorry to no, sorry to bother no. you, which we just watched, yeah. right? Which I'm late to the party. I think it came out a year ago. I think it was February of last year. But I, well, I think I saw trailers for it in the summer. Oh, really? I could be wrong. Okay, I could well, be wrong. Maybe I'm not that late. But either way, watching that, it's like clearly there's a lot of different things going on. But mm-hmm. if you want to focus on one angle, it really is just the proletariat versus the the. Bourgeois, right? Like, right, and like, where are we going if we continue to allow like mega corporations to consolidate power? Right, and like, what is labor going to look like in twenty years? Right, and it might not be that far off from that. No, dude, that—that's the point. Yeah. Like, there, okay, so there's a third act twist. We'll talk about it in the actual podcast, but but that third act twist, yeah. uh, the reason that that's not like it was a holy oh what the fuck moment. At the same time, like n- the reason that it was so especially horrifying is because I think like oh we're there. Yeah, like we can do this now. And, yeah. like, what's scary is, like, we probably have. Like, there are some things that have happened in some fucking dark laboratories, man, mm-hmm. that we do not want to acknowledge that are already happening. Right. And that's what scares me. Because it's one thing to, like, you know, do some... Fluoridation of water, Mandrake. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, 
I, my, I'm scared. The point <laughs> is I'm scared. The point is I'm really scared. I think about the times that we're living in, and I think that it's like we're in this really amazing balance. And my question is whether... Uh, Midnight in Paris talks about the golden uh, age uh, way of thinking, the fallacy of thinking that every other time period before yours was somehow better to live in, mm-hmm. not uh, being aware of the, their own problems at the time and stuff right. like that. Right? Like the 50s sounds like a, a fun time for me, but not for most yeah, other people. Yeah, any <laughs> other people who weren't you. No, I mean, but the, that's that's like, but, but even then, you like women were still not considered anywhere near equals right. and shit but but they're always romanticized in the great oh the family the white picket fence and the, su- the submissive wife who does whatever you right. want no i mean I've, I've been listening to like fucking like i was listening to i've got a woman by ray charles the other day and there's a like a line in it that i totally forgot about where he's like and she knows a woman's place is right there now in her home that's that's in there yeah <laughs> do you think the the liberals cut that shit out <laughs> like when they made right cut it out of my memory <laughs> Right, because we're just like, he can't be bad. He made songs, and he was blind, and he was charming, and Jamie Foxx played him. Right. He's literally saying a woman belongs in her home. Right. In the kitchen. It's like a bad joke. And we accepted that shit. Maybe he was doing... that shit was cute. Maybe he was trying to do a stand-up act. Maybe he was trying to just... I'm trying to cross the line and know where the line (laughs) is, guys. Like he saw Lenny Bruce, and he was like, I want to do that. Lenny Bruce really had to be like his his inspiration, man. He I saw think him Lenny once. Bruce was everybody's uh, inspiration. He was a cool guy. I was t- I just watched the um, man. We're going off what I was saying about the the sorry to bother you thing, which is just to say that right now we're at a really scary time. Do you think any other generation felt the same thing we do, which is like fifty years ago? this shit inconceivable i'm sure like science writers and shit were doing it but like our technology wasn't there it wasn't growing so rapidly if you think about just in the last 20 years well it's it's uh the range of uh acceptability we've talked about the overton window right like it's just like the window of uh, what's acceptable between two polarities and we keep shifting that window to more extreme place right whether it's in politics like think about all the things that have become normalized now uh, with Trump in the White House that were n- inconceivable two years ago. Right, and that's my big takeaway from that movie, one of many, but the yeah. one that I really liked is like, so there's a point where homie makes the right decision, mm-hmm. chooses to uh, whistleblow. Yeah. It's a big deal for about a day, yeah. and then the and then money gets involved. And so then stock prices soar. And beyond that, he uh, there's an interesting line in the movie where I think he says, like, when people see a problem but don't know how to fix a problem, what they do is learn to live with the problem. Yep. That's a new normal. That yep. fucked with me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, like, the, the literally, this is how, like, liberties and, and institutions go away, not... Right. But it's one little slowly. fucking thing at a time that because we I, accept. Yeah, I think that, like, narratives have trained us to think that, you know, a collapse of something as big as democracy itself would be, like, something that would happen... Instantly, it'd be like V for Vendetta. Fucking mm. John Hurt comes in and it's like, I'm declaring martial law. John Hurt is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like, the, like when I think about right. yeah, I'm like, all right, John Hurt, that's fine. <laughs> but no, like it happens by degrees until right. you don't even notice it's happening. Right. That's that's way more. You didn't insidious. watch Handmaid's Tale yet, have you? I've watched like the first season. You watched the first season. Yeah. So the 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 episode, which is undercut by a poor music choice, by yeah. the way, music supervisor, like get your shit together. But when society actually falls for the first time, where the riots first yeah. start happening, and they realize the government's like not fucking around, and mm. then you got Heart of Glass playing, but a symphony version <laughs> of Blondie, and you're like, right. well. Uh, but it's still like that idea that like, oh, you just don't know it's coming. Like you, you you're like, we have institutions that protect us. And like, like nah, oh. <laughs> they're gone. 
Um, but I didn't mean to get that depressing. Well, you did bring something else up that I want to talk about. We'll do more about Sorry to Bother You because I'm very interested to talk about it. Yeah. But um, you're talking about comedians. You're like, everyone kind of, you can trace it back, right? With music, you go back far enough. Spoiler alert, it's probably just a black dude with a guitar sitting in a chair. You know what I mean? Like, it really is. Like, the, like the blues really fucking did so much, man. Right. And uh, revolutionized things. Um, with comedy, it's also interesting because you should, in theory, be able to trace things back. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our titans. I know that you're not huge on Richard Pryor, but you generally agree that he's like in the pantheon. George, George Carlin, of course. Yeah. Uh, even Rodney Dangerfield, who doesn't really get his love. Uh, I really hate to say it, Bill Cosby, before all the creepy shit, because right. uh, he was those early records are really wonderful, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my point. You, Eddie you, Murphy, even. Eddie Murphy, Eddie sure, Ross. sure. Um, but my point is, you can trace that back. Eddie Murphy. Loved Richard Pryor. Yes. You can see that. Carlin, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are people that he absolutely adored. Uh, but then today, it's interesting. I just watched that Bumping Mics thing. Have you seen that with Jeffrey Ross and David Tell? No. It's really good. It's by Andrew Jarecki, the guy who did Catching the Freemans and the Jinx. Oh, yeah. Um, and he just films them doing this like uh, a tandem comedy show where they go to the comedy cellar. It was over one weekend they filmed it. They did three straight nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would basically just roast each other, set each other up. Like None of it's scripted. None of it's written. They just get on a stage together and start riffing and stuff like that every time they make a zing they'll like bump yeah. mics or whatever but it's really interesting because when you start getting into comedy i've heard so many people say like listen uh, uh everyone today is david tell babies everyone is so fucking influenced by david tell which i grew up with insomniac was on comedy central yeah. but i never like I, I was never all about it never never ever. but then as i've gotten older you keep hearing that name like yeah. and whether i and i still haven't really done a deep dive on david uh, david tell i think he's really funny when i see him or whatever but it's just like I've heard that from so many people. Patrice yeah. O'Neill before he died just said that, like, listen, man, like everyone's doing David Tell, uh, like Marin, Louie, like all these people really kind of got that weird style there, which is weird because when I think Louie, I think Carlin immediately because um, I, I like, thought like David Tell and Louie like kind of came up around the same time. They did. They said like the type of comedy because, you know, Louie wasn't doing what Louie did. I mean, that was like later, like to 99 or 2000 where he started to become like, like Louie became a parent. Yeah pretty much is when yeah. he started like doing that family humor right just, like, i think it started dad. where he said fuck her yeah. <laughs> to his daughter yeah. and i was like oh shit like <laughs> but that's a good point because it was just like yeah he would rather go out on stage and get that reaction than to do like whoop, whoop, like some yeah. silly voice thing <laughs> have you ever seen his one night stand because it's cringy bro it's just him no. doing a lot of like animal noises and like oh, really it's weird and yeah. but it gives you faith for the uh the evolution of people that you can become this really great writer and also being a self-starter i yeah, we're doing that thing where we're giving louis some credit but i was about to say like you're going on for a while now about like positive louis ck traits there's a lot of positive louis ck traits that's the thing like the idea that him and carlin did the same thing which is never to be complacent always be addicted to working carlin put out no no lie i think he put out 16 17 specials and eight of them are like yo goats like Mm -hmm. amazing from front to back hours that are they're resonant i listened to him last year they all still work you know what i mean that's impressive. Does, does Carlin make you like laugh out loud or is it more Never. just like no, a, no, 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 no. kind of like this is good? I, I'll like because whatever his jokes, the jokes are not jokes. They, yeah, they, that, they're that was, yeah, they're, they're mirrors to society. Like what he says, what tubes like that's not a fucking joke. There's not a setup. There's not a right. misdirect. It is just him talking about things in a lot of way. He was predating like Ted talks. He just knew to put a laugh line in there. 
That's yeah. it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say he does have that one thing. It's not even a joke. It's just a statement of fact, like, according to him anyway. He's like, you ever notice how uh, anyone at an abortion rally is no one you'd ever want to fuck? Yeah, I've yeah. told you that's my origin story with Carlin, right? Have I not mm-hmm. told you this story? So my mom was in Jacksonville doing some training, and you're all disease. You're all disease. No, complaints and grievances came out, okay? Complaints and grievances come out. He starts it like that. It's 1996. I'm six years old. Me and Jeff are downstairs. Yeah. Comes out immediately. Jeff loves Carlin. I've seen him watch a bunch of his specials before. I didn't know who he was. I know he had that voice and he had the ponytail. Right. And so he comes out immediately and he says that opening line, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then Jeff just looks at me. He's like, go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And then it, Jeff would fall asleep on the couch all the time. You, right. you know that. Yeah. I and so, that. like, I just kept, like, I don't know what it was. Even at six years old, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I just kept yeah, going no. back downstairs and seeing if he was asleep. And he caught me a couple times, but then he fell asleep, and I caught the last 20 minutes of that fucking special, dude. Nice. And it was, like, this real moment. At six years old, didn't understand half of it, I'm sure. But just, like, the, the command that this guy had over it was maybe the first time I realized that, like, comedy is just a command over the language like in the same way that if you're a writer or like you know how they say lawyers get english degrees as their second uh, mm-hmm. as their minors because yeah. it's really important they don't fuck up their legal documents right. it's like comedians have that same craft it's about having a command of the language which really and i don't know if any comedian had that had that command of the language like carlin did you know right um, um but but like okay i'm gonna like shift it yeah. a little bit here but uh we're talking about like carlin not really being like a stand-up comedian in the sense that you think of a stand-up comedian telling jokes, right? right? But we still call him a stand-up comedian. So is it or is it not unfair to like say that about Hannah Gadsby? Right. Well, the Nanette thing. Well, it's what's di- the what's the dividing line there? Because wha- obviously she's doing something different than Carlin, but she's not really telling jokes either. Right. I think the thoughtful answer would be if she continues yeah. to uh, use stand-up as a form of of conversation, mm-hmm. of like an actual dialogue, and like and, and, and doing stuff like that. Because you're right, Annette is not a comedy special. I didn't. I don't think I laughed once during that special. I don't find her particularly funny. Yeah. But that's not the point of that special. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the part that I was supposed to feel something for, I felt something for, and I yeah. think that's amazing. Carlin at least did have some jokes. You yeah, know, like <laughs> like I'm, like we talk about. Uh, we need to bring capital punishment back, but like bad <laughs> like yeah. you know like that's he's trying to be so out there that it's ridiculous and then yeah, it, like it highlights his it actual point absurd extreme right. to make a point so i mean i they're in the same category that like yeah they're 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 doing different things with stand-up comedy there there are some of the funniest sets i've ever heard didn't change the way i felt yeah. about anything mitch hedberg is hilarious <laughs> like i loved his one-liners i never walked away transformed yeah but that's okay. Like you're allowed to do both in comedy. And I think that's the point. So to Hannah Gatsby, it's like, I want her to come back. I want her to do more things. I don't know if she's, the problem is Carla never seemed like he was talking from a personal place so much as like someone above it all who was looking at it and, and wanting yeah. to comment. Whereas like he, her he strikes her, me as like a Kurt Vonnegut type. Right. Just like a guy just kind of like sitting up on the mountain being like these fucking these, these assholes plebeians. are fucking everything up. <laughs> these fucking plebs. No. And that's what it is. Hannah Gatsby's special seems much more about personal reflection mm-hmm. and uh, her next special, whatever it ends up being. I don't know. I don't think it's going to have the same emotional resonance because how could you, you know, she should just swerve and just do straight up comedy. Yeah. Just now just she gets into it. Jokes. Yeah. Now she gets right into it. Man. Just go straight. Kevin Smith. 90s. I would like it if she came out as a Def Jam comic. You know what I mean? Just be really aggressive. Like, you see this shit? <laughs> like, I want her to do that. Or just an insult comic. Just pick people out. Right. Yeah. From the couch. Just complete crowd work. An hour and 90 minutes. 90 minutes of crowd work, man. That's all you need. My lord. I, I mean. Would, I would love it. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, comedy is a weird thing, and I think it's it's still interesting that because uh, comedy, think about com- stand up comedy. Like this might be the oldest form of entertainment if you go back far enough. Just the idea of a dude sitting. We watched uh, Buster Scruggs, and they got that fucking. He ain't got no Raider. arms, no legs, but yeah. he's just talking. Right, yeah. that people used to sit and watch you talk. That was right. a thing. And so at some point, someone was like, "I can make, I can make talk and make you laugh." Oh shit, it's the evolution, right. and they just kept going on with it. So it's just really interesting that even so old there's still like changes to be made i guess it's like with film you know the lumiere but you think the lumiere brothers ever thought of transformers when they made that factory movie where they're right. just like all right now go out of the factory like, <laughs> holy shit like it was a masterpiece like one day people are gonna take what we did <laughs> and just do a three-hour film about hot garbage flying around right. and making robot noise why are they from brooklyn they're french I don't <laughs> lumiere <know>. brothers <laughs> I was, that's we my make default films. <laughs> they have cigarettes and shit no, but that's my point. It's like the people who ever. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf, no. Well, see, that's what they were really blown away by because they, they, they had no sound. The Lumiere brothers were like, what is this? The sound design alone, man. <laughs> they probably didn't think sound was going to come out for like another hundred years. <laughs> Do you think they were like really against it when it did come out? I need to know what the Lumiere brothers were up to. They might have been dead by then. Well, but I know like a lot of silent actors were like pretty much like thrown out on the curve once that happened because like they were visual performers they weren't like they probably right. all had fucked up voices they're like hi yeah <laughs> i couldn't put that on screen like, <laughs> like hey everybody right chaplin had to, they all had to hate chaplin because he had a smooth yeah. fucking voice i mean that that yeah, speech at the great, end of great dictator oh my god i mean that's that's my, i've memorized every yeah. word of it it's one of my favorite things in the entire world that's what i'm saying like imagine right. doing all the silent films and like oh he's funny then he gets to go out there at the fucking the pipes, the golden pipes, yeah. the velvet. He's going over there talking shit. It's yeah, a beautiful. He was like man. super talented. Maybe like, maybe fucked some kids. <laughs> maybe fucked a couple did, wait, kids. Did he? Do you not know this one? No. Oh yeah, he fucked. This isn't Shel Silverstein or the other guy that oh, I called shit. out. Like, he fucked some kids. allegations. <laughs> okay, this is real. No, yeah, he fucked some kids. They, they I mean, because oh. he also didn't he get blacklisted or something. Like they kicked him out of the country at some point. They're really? Like, yeah, he had to leave. Oh died wait, in England. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I saw the Robert Downey Jr. movie, and they right. didn't make that a part well, of it. It's in the movie. It probably happened. You know, they what don't I mean? put any kid fucking in it, though. Well, I mean, deleted scenes, man. This is before. <laughs> like you couldn't. They filmed it. They deleted just didn't get it in scenes. there. I was really gonna ask you. Do you think because everything was filmed like uh, on on actual film stock back in the day? But when mm. they did VHS releases, it wasn't like wait till after the credits to see more scenes. Some of them did. I do some remember that. Like Men in Black did that for some yeah. reason. If you waited till the end, there was the whole the music, music video. video. Yeah. <laughs> But see, that was my thing. I was like, oh, VHS has tried. <laughs> They're trying yeah. to do their thing. Um, but yeah, like when lead scenes, things shot way back when. I just want to know if there's any like unused footage of like, guess <laughs> what? Yeah, like <laughs> anything. Just just hanging out on the scene, like and for the first time, never before seen, behind the scenes footage. Oh man, I need to see it. Just a <laughs> fucking kid in black and white. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. I just want to apologize. I just, this, I took this too far. I didn't know that Chaplin was such a Lewis Carroll type. That's, yeah, that's, that's really, who it was. Yeah, Lewis just a Lewis Carroll draking around. Right, <laughs> fucking Drake. Hitting up Millie Bobby Brown, being like, sup, girl, you need boyfriend advice? <laughs> just preemptively. Here's my question. No matter what happens, let's say 10 years go by and then they hook up. Still creepy. It's like still cre- yeah, nothing changes creepy. here. <laughs> like, yeah. Because well, what I'm saying is like you get to a certain point with the with the number, right? You mm-hmm. can be. I, I would never do this, but you can be 40 and hook up with a 20 year old. Like it's okay. Yeah. 
uh, it's, it's frowned upon. Legal. Yeah. But my point is this. If I like started making contact with someone when they were 11 and then I yeah. fuck them when they're 30. Now I get the Woody Allen of it all. Honestly, you know, I've always been one of those people being like, they ain't no proof. I'm just right. saying burden of proof. Right. And they seem like they're two consenting adults. The fact of the matter is, I think she was a fucking kid when they met. And yeah. that's what makes it creepy. Well, also, he kept like casting like much younger women right. as his love interest in his like later movies, right. which like it just became this weird theme. What's know. age appropriate for him? Like even now, though, if he picks like a Julia Roberts to be, it's like, bro, you're 71. Like, you need... like another like 60 to 70 year old woman, I think would be right. fine. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to like, like start, cast like... Diane Keaton, right? Like, yeah. Get her back, bro. I don't want to start putting limits on uh, who Woody Allen can or can't date. Like, I don't really give that much of a shit. But like, do you think he cares at this point either? Like, I was trying to think about that because like, you know, you, just, you, know. you get old, you kind of you get disinterested in it at all. Looks like, like he's about to die for the past 10 years. So right. I don't really know what's going on. His, his. Uh, daily it's routine. Is, have you ever seen his daily routine? It's really interesting. No, he, I saw Mark Wahlberg's daily routine. What does he hilarious. do? Fuck I, I Woody Allen. <laughs> what is I gotta, I gotta pull this up. It's like the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. I wake um, up, I get a burger from Wahlburgers <laughs> located at 54th and Mass. <laughs> like there's, he's there's actually a Wahlburgers right near me, and I've been curious to try it. At work or in Gravesend? In Gravesend. What? Why have we not gone to Wahlburgers, man? I don't know. Wahlburgers. Good for them for at least acknowledging their name. You know. Also, is he Jewish a little bit? Wahlberg? I've never asked this question. Um, possibly. So I'm going to read his entire daily schedule. All right. Uh, 2.30 a.m., wake up. Oh. 2.45, prayer time. 3.15, breakfast. 3.40 to 5.15, workout. 5.30 a.m., post-workout meal. 6 a.m., shower. 7.30, golf. 8 a.m., snack. 9.30 a.m., cryo chamber recovery. 10.30, snack. 11 a.m., family time slash meeting slash work calls. <laughs> That's like 11 to 11.05. <laughs> yeah. He immediately goes on. 1 a.m., lunch. 2 p.m., meetings, work calls. 3 p.m., pick up kids at school. 3.30, snack. 4, workout number 2. 5, shower. 5.30, dinner family time. 7.30, Bedtime. He goes to sleep at 7.30? Wakes up at 2.30. That's kind of badass, actually. He probably gets it. He he understands like the yeah. secret. Because say what you want. Again, another person who probably should not be successful, but in spite of himself. The Departed like earned him years of credibility. I'm. He's still, like, in my mind, I still like it. him because yeah. of that movie. And, like, you think about what he did in that movie. He's just playing Mark Wahlberg. Well, he did that. He did the Adam McKay movie. He also did Boogie like, Nights. Boogie, well, that was before. Dirk but Diggler. Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Sorry. Did you that guys just don't... dawn on you, the hilarity of that name? <laughs> well, like, for people who can't Dirk see it, like, my Diggler. eyes went soft. Like, yeah. I, everything went out of focus. Like, for I could see it get all hazy and, like, misty. <laughs> well, I just thought of the opening scene of that movie, which is just so badass, like, mm. roller skates and yeah. shit. And you're like, oh my God, this movie is really kind of fire, man. That movie's lit, but. It gets so depressing right. in the final 20 minutes, like right. 30 minutes. There's just like a montage that's like the most devastating <laughs> fucking thing. You know, it's like you like if you're like seven foot tall, like whether you want to or not, people are like, oh, you're just you're playing basketball. Like you, there's yeah. no other point for you to be here. And it's just like you got dick that big. It's like you, you got to yeah. do porn. You I mean, what do you do? Like, that's a, it's <laughs> such a sad movie. This guy wanted to do anything else. But he, he just had wanted to, be- to do something important. Remember when his mom's like, you'll never amount to anything. He's like, I'm going to do important things, mom. Right. 
because like, becomes a porn star. but let's talk about in porn. Like, there's not like a bunch of like, wow, that really stood the test of time, right? Like that 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 got past the porn <laughs> culture. <laughs> like, but no, but the exception of Deep Throat, right? Because people right. still will make that the Linda Loveless fucking reference, right? Yeah, she did something, man. She's a star. Like, she's forever. You ever hear her quote about that? Movie? No, tell me. She was raped or something. It wasn't good. Yeah, she said like anyone watching that movie is watching like sixty minutes of me getting raped on camera. That's fucking awful. Yeah. What's the? There was a whole movie about that, and Seafried played her. Inside Deep Throat. Is that what it was called? I'm pretty sure. It's a bad. It's a bad title. I didn't write it. You know, I get so bad sometimes where I'm just like, how many people did this have to go through, and how many right. people agreed? Exactly. You think oh about all God. these bad ideas, and right? They just like get to get to market right it's like how does that make it to market what are the what, you have any examples of ones that you really because like the pepsi one's the really big one where a couple of years ago where they the, well they they made fun of like black lives matter where like a little like the girl gave a pepsi to a cop and they're like oh we're friends now we're like what no that's not how this works it's not how any of this works like, I, for, I forgot about that right but my point is that went through a lot of people that went through market like the admin the madmen's the don drapers of the world th- dreamt it up and yeah. then took it no one in pepsi said no they went through storyboarding. No one said no. They've shot it. No one said no. They brought it to fucking practice, and no one said no. And no one said no. Maybe there were people saying no, but there were enough people higher up that were saying yes. I don't know. I don't know right. how it works, but it's got to pass through a lot of different people. Just like Inside Deep Throat. It's just like, that's a bad title, and someone should have told her. But you know what? After all these years, I still remember it. Right. So <laughs> you're talking about it. It's, you're talking about it. That's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah, see, I mean, that's the same thing with, like, uh, Last Tango in Paris, which I really liked the movie. I mean, it's honestly one of the better uh, Marlon Brando performances in the very beginning because he's, he's standing above the um, the, the casket, mm-hmm. and he's giving this really emotional performance. It's really funny as I read that he didn't learn his lines, so there's a scene in that where he looks up as if he's looking at God himself. He's looking at his lines. The, they taped the, the Marlon lines. Marlon Brando was just, like, the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> Right? Like, at some point, like, he was so talented. Like, th- there's so many cautionary tales of people who were so talented that just eventually stopped giving a shit or putting yeah. in even the bare minimum effort. There's some documentary, and I've been meaning to watch it, about the island of Dr. Moreau, mm-hmm. um, that remake that he did with uh, some crazy director. Um, and it's about, like, they go into the jungle, and the director actually, like, kind of goes insane a little oh, bit. Shit. And he, like, wanders off into the woods and doesn't come back. And, like, he's, like, dressing up as an extra once he gets fired and, like, sneaking onto the set and shit. But it was more talking about Marlon Brando just, like, being this megalomaniacal, like, son of a bitch who wouldn't right. learn his lines. Getting fed through an earpiece. He befriended, like, that little dwarf creature. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but there's, uh, it's like Mini-Me. Right. I think it's what Mini-Me's based on. <laughs> I could be wrong. And it was, like, this little guy that he kept on his shoulder, and he was obsessed with this little guy. And he just, like, hung out with him all the time, insisted that he get a room in his trailer. He eat all of his meals with this little guy. Brando's weird, man. Yeah. Hung out with Michael Jackson. I think he fucked Richard Pryor. That's a that's a real rumor. Apparently Richard Pryor was bisexual, and, his, and, and he was proud of it. Like, his wife came out and corroborated, like, yeah. But Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor? I think so. That's a weird, that's a weird pairing, man. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Because Marlon Brando's, like, a crazy person. Richard Pryor was sane to you? <laughs> he lit himself on fire. <laughs> okay, you're right. You I just I want, I want to know where the line is, man. I'm I like, don't know. I just didn't know that those guys even fucking knew each other. I think of Richard Pryor. I think of Gene Wilder. Right, though. They probably fucked, too. They probably did. He just I mean, died, didn't know. he? Well, Gene Wilder G- finally G- died. Gene Wilder yeah. was like a delicate uh, person. Right. You know, every time he was I've soft. Seen, like, you know that part know? in Blazing Saddles where he's talking about they're common folk. 
mm-hmm. of the land and of the clay. And you're like, oh, this is beautiful. I saw him on Letterman <laughs> or something. It was like one of his last appearances before he died, and he was literally dressed in pajamas. Oh, And he was cute. just talking like, I'm just so grateful right. to have had such a wonderful career. I was trying to such a nice guy. I was trying to say that to Dolores. I'm just like, listen, like there are definitive roles like you can remake it. But I'll tell you right now, no one's like Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. (laughs) Nobody. And if you are, get the fuck out of this country, man. Like, I'm sorry. This is about America. I know that's a British set film. But if you like Johnny Depp, like, nah, dude. There's definitive performances. It's like there's no point in redoing that. Don't get me started on Johnny Depp. What about him? It's just, it just makes me sad, man. We've talked about him a lot on he's here, tur- but is there a new angle? He's Marlon Brando. No, not yet. Although, d- d- not, uh, not in terms of weight. The but Donnie Brasco of, like, of it all, you're he's like. He's literally like, got an earpiece in his ear, like feeding him lines and shit on the Pirates movies, and like right. just a fucking drunk and well has a lot of money. Right, you know, but he's doing death. it for us, dude. Is he? Yeah, he's disappearing into roles. The same role, again and again, Jack Sparrow. Listen, that one's not offensive like the Alice in Wonderland movies are offensive to me. Those are bad. But, which gives me no hope for Dumbo. People are like, oh, Dumbo looks good. Did you see DeVito? And I'm like, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. doesn't matter who's in this movie. It's not. I would I would just love to, like, ban Tim Burton from ever using CGI again. Right. Because there are directors well, who can use it responsibly. He did give us that Oompa Loompa, like, dance. It was all the same dude. I mean, you were about <laughs> Deep Roy as all the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, well, because he got some screen time, bro. <laughs> they put him front and center. And, like, there's a dance. He's like, bah, 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 and it's all them, like, no, dancing. the best part of that movie. Easily. Bro, like deep, deep Roy. Easily. Yeah. What's he up to these days? I don't know. Is he dead? Probably. He's <laughs> a tiny guy. It's like 15 years ago, that movie, or 14 years ago yeah, or something. Those tiny guys aren't, aren't long for this world. Right. <laughs> like, because he's long. yeah, he's like, he's short. Yeah, but it's not my best joke, Christian. Yeah, but just like, roll with it. Okay, roll, roll him with the punches. <laughs> All right, that's fine. no. But uh, Gene Wilder's supposed to come back for Ready Player One. Spielberg tried to coax him to be oh, as uh, Mark Rylance's uh, character. Mark Rylance was the best part of that movie. Yeah, it's the best part of pretty much everything he's in. Yeah, Dunkirk didn't even know it was him. It took me forty five oh, yeah, minutes yeah, to be yeah. like, that's him. Like, <laughs> we just, are England. Yeah. We can't, son. He's just so mad the whole movie. He's Killian, Killian, Cillian, Chillian, whatever his fucking name is. Fuck that guy. Uh, I like that he keeps getting work with Nolan. I like him in general. But why does he always have to be like a fucking just a coward? Like Nolan keeps casting him as cowards, basically. I don't know. He's good at it. He looks like a coward, I guess. I don't know. He's in that show Peaky Blinders. I think he plays some Everyone kind of like mobster. says it's wonderful. I keep hearing it's wonderful. Everybody. I know a couple people from my old place of business that were obsessed with it. With like, Peaky Blinders? Fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah, like I like British. I watched Copper. Then Copper was really good. And I like Doctor Who. I like. You I know. watched the first episode. It was pretty impressive. Of like, Copper or Peaky no, Blinders? Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Peaky Blinders. <laughs> okay. Yeah, here they play like rip off of rock and tour songs, but they weren't like at the time. The, the weird thing about it is at the time of the original airing, they had rights to play. Yeah. Rock and tour songs. And then if you watch it with subtitles, it'd be like, uh, d- d- right. d- Carolina, <laughs> the Consolers of the Lonely. Like, yeah. oh, shit. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. But um, then Nick Cave has got some songs in there. I think he does the theme song. Um, yeah. What's the whole what's Peaky Blinders even about? Gangs? Yeah. In what time? New York. What? Oh, <laughs> the New York time. Uh, All right. Um, no, I don't know. I, I think they're like Irish gangs during like. Prohibition era or a little bit before or something. I'm not really sure. Right. It's when everybody was like poor and the buildings were shorter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever that was. <laughs> 
Um, fucking, there was this interesting thing. I was talking about Campbell a little bit earlier, but he's talking about myths and stuff and how we like internalize them and how we express them. Mm. And he's like, during different romantic pe- or different not romantic different periods of time where we we're like creating our myths, yeah. right? Uh, when the church was in power, the church was the largest building, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the government became a thing, like the government buildings would be the tallest. And now the business centers, the epicenters, right, where wealth is distributed and made, those are the tallest things. <clears throat> and he used Salt Lake City as a great example. He's like, yeah, these fucking people came out of nowhere. They're just like, I guess this is it. <laughs> like, let's build a church. It's the yeah. tallest thing for years and years and years. Then it was incorporated into territory. They got governments. They built the uh, the governor's hall right next to it. And it's fucking huge. Way right. bigger than that church, man. Mm. And then they cut to, like, New York City. And he's just like, now, like, the epicenter of wealth and shit like that. And... At the time, oh, the original myths, I'm sorry that I'm getting weird into the writing myth here, but I've, I've literally just been dreaming of circles lately. It's really yeah. weird. Uh, and it's just like it was an attempt to build tall to get to heaven, to get access to the God and shit like that. And now it's the exact opposite. Like we're just building these things that are to get closer to Satan. But yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. You got me, man. I don't, I don't know. Satan is money, right? There's start some re- burrowing into the earth. more, Right. Denver Airport, bro. I'm going to. Did I tell you I'm going to Colorado in two weeks? Yes, dude. Denver Airport, though. What about it? You I've don't know there. the myth of Denver Airport? I don't think so. Apparently, Denver Airport is fucked up, bro. Like, so uh, there was an airport well beforehand. I, I ate a subway sandwich there once. It was pretty good. Okay, but hold on. <laughs> okay. Have you? Did you ever like just look around? Like maybe like on the surface, it's really cool. There's a story. There's a really good story on No Sleep podcast that I really love, and it's called Plot Holes. Mm-hmm. And it's about these things that happen. Right. And the, the vast majority of us, we don't acknowledge it because oh, if acknowledging it like a plot hole in real life. Right. Like the, this microphone cover that I'm talking into is blue. Right. Yeah. You looked away and then suddenly it's red. You're like, what the fuck? That's a plot hole. That's a that's an inconsistency. Right. Uh, yeah, a I continuity. Like, I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> so the whole point is once you notice those things and if you start really noticing it, you'll start noticing more. But when you do that, there are these things that will feed off of you. They'll erase you from existence because they don't want you, you know, yeah. talk about it's those like plot the whole holes. They live situation where you get the, the sunglasses and you see a bunch of alien ghouls right. trying to make you obey. They live. But my point is this. <laughs> That that Colorado airport, Denver airport, right? There was this whole thing where they had an airport there, and then suddenly they built an airport. The airport cost $2 billion more than it was supposed to cost, right? Uh, There's construction that was, if you look at the blueprint plans, to go down six stories into the earth. A lot of people think that it's like a fallout shelter for like VIPs and shit like that, Uh, but they won't acknowledge this. There are entire corridors that go nowhere. Uh, there are paintings of like and, and weird clues all around the airport. There's like gargoyles and shit, man. It's so fucking weird. And then outside of that is just the giant uh, Bronco with the glowing red eyes. Have you, you've, you've seen this, I'm sure. Yeah. So how did you go to Denver Airport and not see this? I, I had a layover flight. Oh, I you didn't got, go outside. I got off of okay. the plane all right. and then I got back on a plane. All right. I, thought, I thought you had like. It looked like a normal terminal. <laughs> Nah, man, fucked up shit's going on. It was really empty and really clean, and I was like, "Oh, thank God." That's how you know it's not real. Charge ports, (laughs) right? For my phone too. I think that's standard now. I think people do that now. It's not as standard as you think. It's in Philly. JFK. I'm Joe. If it's in Philly, it probably has to be everywhere else. Like, no, like I I can tell you, I've been to enough airports and had enough layover flights to tell you that, like. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking roll of the dice with that. Right. Sometimes there's just like one charge port for every like 15 rows of seats. We sh- 
let's go to Denver, man. <laughs> let's go to Denver. And let's find the truth. Okay. Because we could do it. We just need some GoPros and uh, <laughs> some GoPros, some iPhones, and some like, iPhones. Yeah, I got one. I mean, you don't, but it's fine. I just use my phone. Nah, you got your iPhone. Why do I have to get an iPhone? Because I want you to get an iPhone. Why? I because I want you to. What? Why don't you get a Pixel? Because it's stupid. What's and so stupid about Google? It? It takes better pictures. I don't care about pictures. Yeah. I got an eye. You got an eye? Oh. Mental picture. You're anti-photography now? Yes. I don't know where Full to go stop. <laughs> Full stop. Nah, man. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, we were talking about the Denver airport, how we should go there with some GoPros and some iPhones well, for I, some uh, reason and solve it, this. It was on Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, and that can't be fucking wrong, okay? I mean, Jesse Ventura. He was a governor? He was. He was a governor. governor. Was. <laughs> Now he sounds like a crazy person. Why? Because he's talking truth. The problem with that... He, he, 9-11 was an inside job, according to him. Well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about 9-11 being an inside job. No, what I was going to say is that, like, there are certain conspiracy theories that we have to admit are... Compelling? At least more credible than others. Like the Titanic? <laughs> right. The Titanic of it all. Or the... the, the okay, well, hold JFK? on. JFK? The JFK one is the one that slightly holds water for me. But my point is, what's the Titanic theory? That it didn't sink and then they all got somewhere else or they sunk the other one? No, the I, I think that the theory on the Titanic was that they swapped out two ships. So, like, the Titanic was sunk intentionally to collect insurance money on a newer ship, which would have netted them a higher profit, the White Star Liner line. Um, so they, like, basically slapped the name Titanic on an older ship and then switched the ships. So they still built a new ship, but they collected insurance on the new ship, even though they sunk. So which one sunk? Not Titanic. It's fake. It's some other one. I okay. forget which one. Well, the, the, they had a, it, there was a sister boat called the Britannic or whatever yeah, that also sunk. Yeah. But I think it was like a... Like a that like was a, a real accident. Well... <laughs> <laughs> that was just bad luck. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> fucking Britannic. They also hit a iceberg. No, it was um, it was a whale. No, that would be fucking metal. Like this Moby Dick, <laughs> right? The like size <laughs> of the ship, just because that's what makes me so bad about us building these giant steam things. Back in the day, it was us versus nature. Why like, is Titanic such a comedy gold mine? By the way. <laughs> It's a horrific tragedy. Fifteen hundred souls died, and it's like, like the Hindenburg is hilarious to me now, but when it happened, right? Oh God, the humanity. <laughs> am I right? Uh, I don't even know what I was saying. What was I saying? Uh, it's just the hubris and folly to think that we can converse or traverse. <laughs> we can converse that shit. We can for traverse sure. the sea and the air. Right. No. But I told you back the, the reason I liked no. back in the day was that like why I'm so offended by the metal the the, the the stallions that we've built these fucking things that glide across water right is is that like back in the day a whale could get you it was all fucking part of the game you wanted to explore there had to be some danger now it's like giant boat unless yeah. a killer iceberg gets you you're fine right or in the case or of the Britannic what E. coli what yeah, E. coli breakouts happen on cruise lines all the time what you didn't know that why do people go on cruises. Because they're stupid. I don't know. Because it's relaxing and there's a very low chance that it'll happen. That it still happens. I don't know. I don't know why people. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the idea of going on a cruise does not sound appealing to me. Right. And I've never been on one. I've but been on one. like, oh, you got to go. Yeah. You got to go on a cruise. It's so relaxing. Yeah. I went to Mexico. It was cool. Was it? Yeah. It was cool. 
It just I just feel like I'd be surrounded by like a bunch of like uh, embarrassing dads wearing Ray Bans and like moms with fanny packs yeah, and Crocs. They exist. And I don't want to be a part of that. Listen, I went when I was like 16, so there was like a bunch of 16-year-olds, and we all bonded. Uh, we all had like it was like the last days of summer, you know what I mean? Right. Like we had a, we okay. all had a moment. It was you great. You should make a movie about it. Yeah, I stood. I, 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 I well, <laughs> I had this moment. No, I had this moment with this girl named Katie, and I don't. I haven't, I haven't talked to her ever again. And all I remember is that her MySpace name, yes, MySpace, was Blonde Wild Child. That was her URL, but oh, yeah, but it was like B L N D W L D C H L D. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so like no took, I took the vowels and shit out of it mostly. So whatever, and we literally we were like we were because the boat comes in really early, yeah. Uh, and you d- disembark at like nine or whatever, but it gets in about five or six, and so we're just sitting in the front of the ship, right? Like mm. watching as we're going under the uh, Skyway Bridge, man. Oh, and it was this really sweet moment. It was a really sweet romantic, it was yeah. purely innocent moment. Like you stole a kiss. It was really pretty, man. Oh, that's nice. It is really pretty. It's sad. Never saw her again, but it was a really pretty moment. You yeah. know, you could have that moment. I could. Probably not the same. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, certainly don't do it with a 16-year-old now. That would be well, <laughs> problematic. Yeah, right? that would be not great. Drake needs those women for him. I don't want you to step on his toes. Exactly. Like, Drake is... <laughs> I don't even want to go there. You don't want to go back to Drake. Terrible. <laughs> He's great, man. Uh, she... <laughs> anyway, the Britannic, <laughs> the Britannic was sunk by, uh, I think, uh, like a bomb, like a fucking underwater mine. What are those things called? They called mines, I guess. Mine? Yeah, I guess they are. Well, because when we think of mine, we think land mines. <laughs> the original mine was always in the ocean. We had to right. put the fucking adjective on uh, land, so we had to throw that in there. Did they start off in the water and then they turned into land? No, <laughs> you're talking about the evolution of yeah, landmines. Like I thought you were talking about the boat. They land, buried themselves. <laughs> Richard Attenborough is narrating, this is the single most important moment in the entire history of landmines. A rare sight. Um, um, yeah, no, so they got, they hit like a fucking, and they went down way quicker, by the way. Well, bomb. Right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess that's not a surprise, right? Giant ice thing versus yeah. an explosive. mind in its own business, or was it? Right. Well, there's conspiracy theories there. That's the other conspiracy yeah, theory was, about the we Titanic. We covered all that in the Lost Podcast Ugh. that you'll never hear because the audio got fucked because right. I got cursed by a gypsy at some point. I mean, a Romanian Yeah, a Romanian. <laughs> you got to make it nice. Thank you. You know, I, there was two men, two men and a baby, mm. two men and a little lady. Two guys, girl, and pizza place. Okay, that's the one that freaks me out. What's that about? <laughs> like, uh, it's about two guys that own a pizza place, and a girl is there. Does she own it with them? I don't remember. Right, there's a lot of inconsistencies here. Like, I was talking, like, there's a lot of shows from my childhood that I don't know what they're actually about. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, because like, they're doing a new Carmen Sandiego show, I was talking about it on my other show. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that, and it was pretty upsetting. I don't understand it. We don't need the backstory to Carmen Sandiego. The that's the point. Always one he- step ahead of the law. Right. When I said this, I was just like, but uh, I'm sorry, maybe I'm just dense, but like, was she even the main character oh, of the original you show? Her silhouette at most, or her like tipping her hat, like, gotta go. Right. And, and also, she she's an international villain. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's not a good person. <laughs> so I just don't understand what this new show is going to be. I think it looks fine, I guess, right. but it just doesn't make sense. She's like, not Jason Bourne. She's not like, right. wrongfully accused or anything. Dude, those Bourne movies for a minute, <laughs> like. First three? They keep yeah. getting. They kept getting better. The second and third one mostly. I don't really love the first one. You don't but like the first one? Uh, it's fine. No, it's fine. It really is. It's it's uh it's just it, Paul Greengrass. I think had a better than, understanding uh, than, than Gilroy, Gil, Gil, who Gil, did Gil, the first one. Yeah. yeah. Talking to that mic for me since uh, you moved it. Whoops. Did I fuck it up? Might have. 
and this is why this is why we do this. Yeah. Okay? This is why we we do we, we do we cross our T's, we dot we our J's, lowercase J's. Mm. Uh, you can, I guess you can cross a J too. You threw a curveball at me. I thought yeah. you were going to talk about eyes. Like no, you know I don't like eyes. What why? Like eyes that you see out of, or just the letter I? You tell me. All right. I'm not you. I don't know. Well, exactly. Stop asking. All right. Like. <laughs> I'm me, and, and I'm the only person who's me. No, but the the, the Bourne movies are interesting because I told you, and we talked a little bit about the wolf thing. I mean, like, the Bourne legacy has a whole scene where he fights a wolf, and you're just like, I guess this is what these films right. are now. And That's Oscar the, Isaac's there for some reason. Oscar like, Isaac was in that movie? Yeah, dude, Aww, exactly. Just slumming it. Rachel Weisz, uh, Oscar Isaac. There's well, some good the, people well, in that movie. the idea of Oscar Isaac playing second fiddle to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Why you, yeah, come Renner, on, man. He's just like he's made Hawkeye digestible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we we put yeah, up with that. We fine, accept it. He just seems like you know, like a, a blue collar actor, like just coming in there. He's like, hey, I'm just a humble guy, right? Here to do a job and get out. Mm-hmm. But Oscar Isaac's he's like one of our best, right? Is he one of our best? Lewin Davis, one, Ex Machina, two. a most violent year. Mm-hmm. That thing he did with David Simon. Um, oh yeah, show me a hero. Show me a fucking Which, listen, hero. Uh, uh, X Men Apocalypse. Fair housing should not be interesting, but like somehow it is. Yeah, you you're not I mean? you're not a um, uh, most violent year fan. No, no, I think it's fucking wonderful. Okay. I mean, it's a whole movie where the point is that he's not corrupt, and that's right. somehow riveting to me. Like, yeah. But just even that stupid, like every scene is him being Pacino, with but not doing an impersonation of mm. Pacino. Just like that smoldering, like right. at any moment this fucker could, could kill you. Like, like lose it. Well, there's that scene. Where he's just like, we always want the fancy of the two things. Someone offers you coffee, someone offers you tea, you take the tea. <laughs> you know, like that scene. He's like, why? I don't drink tea. He's like, you just take the fucking tea. It's fancy. Fucking tea. Which is like, I don't know. It's wonderful, man. But you know, I'm not trying to hate on Oscar Isaac. I'm just trying to say that the legacy of the Bourne legacy is not Oscar Isaac, but in fact, it's Jeremy Renner I fighting I feel like wolves. what you were trying to say is that Jeremy Renner should be getting top billing, and then Oscar Isaac's the second tier guy. In terms of screen time, certainly that's that's true. But the larger point that I'm making here is that that (laughs) legacy movie gets shit on a lot. Yeah, probably rightfully so. But what I'm saying is that scene where he fights a wolf. There was a moment where it looked like, oh shit, these two are congruently happening, and then team up movie. Hmm. Alex Cross, I think that was his name, and Tyler Perry. No, is that the character Alex Cross is from that? Yeah, where he Fuck. fights Matthew Fox, who's like no. a crazy serial killer. His name was like Alex Knox then or something like that. But anyway, he's like, oh, I'm done. he got his head blown off oh, or some man. shit. Like, it's just a weird movie. You know, like the problem oh, with that um, movie uh, is that they, re- <laughs> they really like lifted the veil a little too much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need, I don't need to know how they got all these people. Like, right. that's part of the fun. That's, he wakes up. He doesn't know who the fuck he is. Yeah. Like, he on. just gets into situations. Did you watch the last one, the last Bourne no. movie? I didn't either, but TLJ was in it. Well, you know how we feel about him. TLJ was in it? He was the bad guy. He was the uh, Albert Finney of this film. I thought he was retired or something. Maybe. Albert Finney or Tommy Lee Jones? Both. <laughs> what's, th- what's he even doing? Because I figure it's not like he's retired. Like He can work anytime I mean, no, he chooses no to. for Old Men was 2007. Right. He was an old man then. He was in, in the Valley of Ela after that. Now? 75. He was 65. A good looking 65, man. <laughs> the sexiest fucking 65 ever. I mean, when you told me Amy Adams is like 45, she's only 20 years behind time. Right. In no country. I'm like, that's what you got to think of, Whoa. man. Right. That puts it in perspective. You ever see Coal Miner's Daughter when you were younger? No. Coal Miner's Daughter's got Sissy Spacek in it and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> 
Tommy Lee Jones is like an abusive piece of shit in this movie, but and hear yeah. me out here. <laughs> she tries to make him a pie one day, mm-hmm. and she brings him a pie, and he slices it and takes a bite. He's like, what is this? <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's like, well, we didn't have any sugar, so I just used salt. Because she was so fucking dumb that she yeah. didn't get. And then he beats the shit out of her. And, you know, it's, it's wrong, but you should learn that lesson before you're... <laughs> like, See, I, I was like, I'm waiting for it, and I'm waiting for it. And what I got was ex- no better than exactly. what I was <laughs> I'm just saying, you should learn the lesson between there. You know what I mean? Just because shit's, like, green doesn't mean that... It's like, like, cash and weed aren't the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, sugar and salt ain't the same thing. Mayonnaise and cum ain't the same thing. Like... Right? We can admit this. Like, Where are you going with this? <laughs> I was just making the point that how does she not know the difference between salt and sugar? She's stupid. Well, She's a coal miner's well, daughter, Christian. What do some, you expect? Beat some education into her, man. I think that was the point. Not He shouldn't have done it, but her parents. Why are we okay with parents beating the shit out of their kids if it's discipline? I'm not. You, you don't believe you're a no-hit person, period? Yeah. You never got spanked when you were a kid, huh? Only once. What'd you do? I don't remember. But you remember the ass yeah. <laughs> Like That's the important thing. And after that, I think my parents had a conversation like, let's not do that again. Let's never hit him again. Who was the disciplinarian? That'd be your dad. I can't see your mom. No, my mom. Your mom spanked you? No, well, no. Like, uh, well, oh, it was like a smack. Oh, yeah. It was just like smack. She smacked, smacked you on the face. No. What'd she smack you on? Your butt? Yeah. How, like so two. you were very little. Oh, that's what I'm yeah. asking. I'm just trying to figure out how old you were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Oh, man. I, I thought you were asking in general who's the disciplinarian. Right. This is my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not scared of your mom. I'm not scared of your dad either, but I would be more scared of your dad than your mom, I think. She could get pretty mad. I have never seen her upset, upset. Mm. Her to say fuck once, that really changed my life. Yeah. I've never, like... I uh, Literally, not even one hand. Like, twice. Twice ever. In the 15 years I've known your mom... No, no clue, yeah. man. It's very strange to me. <laughs> what happened to her? <laughs> all the time. Well, she works with kids, right? That's the thing. You have to imagine all the time she wants to just be like, fuck. Yeah. But, you know. Me, I'm just like fucking swearing like a goddamn sailor all the time. Right. Her. I think I'm a bad influence. Oh, do you cuss around your mom all the time? Yeah. Right. I don't give a shit. There's, see, there's, well, there's the thing about that when you get older and you try to figure out what you are willing to let your parents know about your life and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like my cousins came over the other day and I was just like, I got to clean this whole house because that's the weird thing about family. You're just like, they can't know how disgusting I am. Like if there's anyone in the world who would actually be okay and understanding of like your house is messy, whatever, it would be family. But even growing up, my mom would be like, you better clean that fucking bathtub. I'm like, why the bathtub? Like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it was like a lot of that shit. And I just never understood what that's about, you know? So it's like you get older and it's just like, you know, I, I, I drank a beer with my mom when she was here last and that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like talked about religion. That was weird. Yeah. Eh, she ain't coming around on it, but what are you going to do? You know, well, like, I don't think she ever will, but yeah, no, I don't have a book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think it's really sad to my mom. My mom thinks that when, when we all die, she's going to go hang out with all her dead relatives. And I want to right. Think about this. I don't like my family that much. Why? Like, like what happens in heaven? Like as far as what they say in church, like what is it really? Like I know we filled in blanks there. Right. But what does the Bible say heaven is? Bible says that if you go by the biblical definition of yeah. shit, when you die, it's just a void. It's just a void. There's no hell necessarily. Hell that we know it is Milton. Yeah. Paradise Lost has given the Christian idea of what up. hell is. So God's word, the Bible, right. don't talk none shit about that. Not really. Their idea of what hell is is a separation and removal of God. Right. You die, you never get 
brought back. You don't get judgment. You don't get any of that shit. You just stay dead. So that's the Christian afterlife. Basically. There is no afterlife. Basically, but unless you're good, and then you go to the pearly gates, you get shown everything you've ever done in your life, and then you get accepted. I don't want to see everything I've ever done in my life. You do or do not. Oh, okay. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Right. Like, this is going to take 80 years or however old I am when I die to rewatch it all. Oh, I think it's quicker. I think it's at, like, 1.25. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, like, 64 years, something like that. That doesn't sound fun. That sounds like (laughs) hell. I'd rather get, get the void. Well, it's heaven time. But then after you do that, what do you do? Once you get inside? Well, once you watch your whole life. Uh, you get inside. Yeah. Gold roads, lions, clouds. It's uh, all gold? Angels. Yeah, ro- roads a- of gold. Even the angels? Well, not the angels. They're, but they have a goldish uh, glow, like a hue. Because the sun. Yeah, the cancer. Because, <laughs> you know, these fuckers got, like, melanomas left and right. right. That's the one thing about being an angel. You know, it's always got wings. You can fly, but you get melanoma. Sunscreen like, stores, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Oh, man. Because here's the thing. No offense. Satan seems like he's got a better idea. Like, he's in the ground. You know what? I was offended by that, but then I heard what you said. <laughs> you were like, you know what? I, I'm coming around on this motherfucker, man. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Satanists, uh, they're pretty on the up and up. How many Satanists have you met? None. But you're just based I'm on just Sabrina? Saying, like, <laughs> Satanism is not, like, uh, not the worst thing. Um, there were this there was this kid named Joe that I went to high school with who at like age fourteen was going around saying he was a Satanist and then got his fourteen year old girlfriend to also be into Satanist and then told me like there's so much historical proof for this. Why are there horned gods and blah 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 blah? Everyone knows that Satan came before God. I'm just like, listen, he's even Satanists have the origin story down. You yeah. know what I mean? There's well, like, don't, don't like Levain Satanists or whatever believe that uh, Satan just represents free will and right. that like our interpretation of Satan in the Christian sense is incorrect. Right. And that Satan is just a guy who just wanted to do what he wanted to do and like that's what it's about. Well, like, sure. That was the Sabrina show a little bit but he turns out to actually be. Right. Well, was, okay. Well, the, the problem here is that if it was just a free will thing that'd be one thing. But then he like actively was just like you need a fucking God guy motherfucker trying to do some shit. Fuck that. Come with me. Like yeah. he was just like hanging out in fucking beer halls talking in hushed tones <laughs> trying to get other angels to like rebel. Yeah. So that's the problem. It's the it's the mutiny. Just, it's like, the smoking. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that Lucifer show? He literally plays uh, Lu- Lucifer. He plays Lucy, um, and he's just like a nightclub owner in L.A. And he helps of the course. LAPD. Uh, of course. <laughs> and he just helps on his spare time. He owns a club. And he helps the LAPD with what? Solve crimes. Why? Because he can. Didn't he want more crimes. He's bored. No. See that again. Now you're now you're being stereotypical, Max. Well, in the con- yeah. Think about what you just did. <laughs> show so i didn't know that they were he helps the lapd out <laughs> solve cold cases and negotiation situations Why would Satan never want to run a nightclub that sounds like a nightmare i mean he's got to like file like no but sin yeah, he's got about permits he's, he's got, got permits and paperwork he's got to do taxes every you know he gets shaken down all the time or do all the things that we don't like he loves doing because he's Satan. <laughs> he's saying that that might be it right he loves standing in line at the dmv right every tuesday that's a shit bro yeah i can't do that when's the last time you went to the dmv a while ago let me tell you something about the dmv if not for the cops you know they always have like two or three cops they're mm-hmm. just there yeah people would kill people at the DMV. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so sure of it. The only thing that's keeping them back is, you know, the cops that are there. They just make it look as miserable as possible in there. It's like green paneled walls. Right. Like, flu- like puke green and fluorescent lights. What's your experience with people who work there? 
I'm always nice to them, and they're always they always look like they've just kind of given up. <laughs> you know, like life or just the, the will. Like. I don't know. They they just have that look about them where like they just decided semi recently, like you know what. I'm not going to try anymore. You know what? Fuck it, man. I'm just not going to try anymore. I work We're the all DMV. just primates floating in a fucking like, like, ice bubble. Like, let's, what the fuck are we doing <laughs> like here? Money's of, not even real. Like, like, instead like, of taking a philosophy shit. course, like all they needed was to work at the DMV for a few years. Right. Got it just fine. <laughs> so the, the 16-year-old angst that I got when I read The Stranger, they got from working at the yeah, DMV like, for like they, years. They went in there like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready right. to change the system from within. And then like three years later, they're just like, fuck it, next. Right. Next. That's depressing. Well, it's the DMV. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, am I right? And the DMV people, the world needs DMV people. I think we should make the DMV more fun. I think we should make the DMV the automated. truck rallies all the time on TV. Oh, okay. I Just thought you meant like, in. I thought the DMV was in the center of a monster-like truck going around the whole time. Served like non-alcoholic beers and cocktails because oh, it's fun for kids. Right. You know, right. And it they makes like adults it. feel like they're getting uh, a relaxing drink, but they're still not. Have drunk. you ever had non-alcoholic beer? I've had it. And, and? It tastes like beer, kind of. In the same way that vegan meat tastes like meat? <laughs> kind of? Yeah. <laughs> like, it tastes like Heineken. All right. Well, I mean, Heineken is still a beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's in the beer family. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> technically, what don't I know about Heineken? You're like, yeah, technically, it's piss I mean, and beer. Like, It's like Frank Booth always said, fuck that shit, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Right. And that's the words that I live by. Right. I'll drink a Heineken if it's there. Was so. he talking about Heineken when he said that in the yeah. movie? Because, oh. like, like, he's like, what beer are you drinking, kid? And he's like, Heine- Heineken. He's fuck like, that Heineken. shit. Heineken. <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> Dennis Hopper was kind of fucking nuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he later said after that role, he's like, I read that script and it's like, I knew I had to play it because I was Frank. <laughs> that was me. No, he yes. said that. Yeah. He was giving David Lynch different advice on what kind of gases that Frank Booth could be inhaling because he'd done them all. Right. Yeah. Man. Because originally in the script, it was supposed to be helium. Right. To make his voice sound like a Mickey Mouse while he was like doing well, rape <laughs> crimes. Kind of um, fucked up still, too. Yeah. That was very fucked up. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. he was like, yeah, but that wouldn't be a sexual it's like, stimulant. oh boy! Like, yeah. Is he raping people? That's yeah. awful. I mean, the whole movie saw it didn't get much better, but like, it's to a pervert, an icon. That, that like. takes it to another tier of Lynchian <laughs> terror. That would have gotten an NC 17. It's weird that he's never gone back to that idea. Like, that idea, that concept of that idea has to be stored away somewhere yeah. in that mind. <laughs> he's waiting am, to bring it back. That's, like. that's a nightmare of an idea right there. That movie is bad enough. Right. You don't need that. Yeah. But Hopper lived to be like 80 something years old. Yeah. And did everything. He did it all. Like, he lived, man. Easy right. rider. Right, <laughs> Easy Rider is the perfect. Jack Nicholson and smoked weed. That was a real weed scene. You know yeah. that when they're about the campfire and, when, and they're all they actually tripping up? on LSD in, in the, the graveyard. graveyard. Yeah, yeah, man. Art. I did not get that movie <laughs> when I first watched it, and I don't think it's a very good movie based on that. But I think now that I'm older, I'd understand it more. Right. You know. Right. I'd appreciate it more. Right. Don't they all die at the end of that movie? They all get shot, right? Yeah, because it's about them just like you know saying fuck the law. We're easy riders. We're the last. We're died. the last spark. 
We're the like last the cowboys. Yeah, yeah. They, they were their cowboys. Of their time. Bro, have you ever seen that fucking Highwayman song? Hold on. You know the Highwayman, right? Like the, the the super group. It was like Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, one other fuck, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. It was the Traveling Wilburys of country. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a song called, I forget what it is, man. Something. Anyway, the whole <laughs> video, the whole video, right? It's like it's like him talking, like the first dude talks and he's like, I'm a cowboy. Right? The Wanderer is what it's called. The Wanderer. And he's just, the, each one carries a verse, right? This was the Monsters of Folk before the Monsters of Folk. Yeah. And and so Chris Christopherson starts. He's like, I'm a cowboy. And I'm da 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 right? Then the next guy goes, and he's like a pirate or something. And he's talking about unfurling the blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, there's like a thematic thing here. Then Johnny Cash comes in, yeah. right? And he's like, I'm a son on a spaceship. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, they, they took us someplace yeah. here. He's left the trains in the Wild West far behind him. Dude, dude, right? about shooting a man in Reno. And he's on a goddamn spaceship. It's amazing. And then there's some lyric at the end of it yeah. that indicates to you that he's that same guy who was wandering, that this, uh, this, 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 the spirit is ever, it's enduring, it's everlasting. And through the generations, I think the cosmos, this guy's still thinking about, you know, what it's like to be walking down that lone highway. He's on a fucking spaceship. And in the video, it's even better because it's like Waylon and Chris Christopherson and and uh, who's the other fucker who was there that I just left out? Uh, uh, <laughs> Willie, Nelson. Uh, Willie Nelson. They're all there, but Johnny Cash got green screened in. And when they green screen him in, he's like in a spaceship for some so reason. What are you all singing about? Spaceships? I got a verse for that. It's amazing. And it's really like that's that was my next yeah. question, which is like, listen, did Chris Christopherson like write this whole song or were they just like everyone gets a verse? <laughs> <laughs> and like he can it's like you fucking took trains you took the highway space <laughs> final frontier <Space> cowboy <laughs> oh my god it's wonderful man it's like yeah. the greatest thing i've ever seen i was thinking about super groups because like traveling wilburys are cool i never loved the traveling wilburys i yeah. think that it's really they're like a, they're right right just fine <laughs> how can you be like but it's like, but, like i think how can you have that much talent in the room and happens all the time okay? happens all the time think about every super group that's ever really been put together right i like, can't think of one that i love yeah because they're not good monsters like of Folk, in, unless not it was good. like one of those happy accidents where like in the 60s like or just bands in general well th- well that happened you had clapton hang but, out with crosby stills and Natalie. Like, there was a bunch of people yeah. making music but that was before anyone was anybody that's just because like, like they were yeah. all touring at the same time right hang out and do drugs and you know, right, but think about it. Like yeah. traveling Wilburys, all yeah, right. Hi- Highwaymen, all yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? It's probably because they're they're trying to like organize and like get, do something like with a plan and everything. And I don't. I think it has to be spontaneous. It's got to be. You know. Um, oh, you know the only good super group, honestly, so far, Dead Weather, and that third album wasn't even that good. But they got yeah. those first two good ones. Yeah. And then, but that my, was a good show. Right, great show. And the bigger part that I'm making here is uh, point is is is, is like a, the Rage Against the Machine. They broke up. Then they got together with the guys from Soundgarden. They made Audio Slave. Holy shit, it was bad. Yeah. Velvet Revolver was Guns and Roses with I some other band that I'm forgetting. Holy shit, that was bad. Super groups don't work, man. There's got to be like a guy. What do you, what do you think that is? Why is that? Ego. Ego and the idea that like too much compromising, like uh, make a sports analogy. I know you don't like it, but if you're the best fucking guy on your team, okay, yeah. like let's say you're like, uh, do you know Kevin Durant is? Have you ever heard his name? Kevin Durant. It's a great, great fucking scorer, seven foot tall, small forward. And then you put LeBron James on that team. It's like you have to now relearn how to play the game right. because he is great. And you have to be able to facilitate that greatness at the same time. Mm-hmm. You got too much great. No one knows how to fucking act around each other. And you end up with spaceships in a fucking country western song, man. Right. 
everybody just playing it too safe and shit. Right. I mean, Bob Dylan being like a part of a group doesn't make sense. Right. You know, he's a solo man. He's always right. going to be the most important guy in the room. Who was in the Traveling Wilburys? Dylan, Harrison, Dylan, Harrison Orbison, and Petty? Jeff, Jeff Lynn. Oh, it's Jeff Lynn. Is Petty not in that? I think Pe- isn't Petty also in it? I think he might be. I know that you got it, the song you got it, which because if you yeah. go through the history of Roy Orbison, like the guy, like he had two fucking careers. He had early fifties yeah. success and then just fucked off for years. Mm-hmm. Like didn't do anything, and then like right in the eighties, he's like I'm back, you know. And he wrote the "You Got It" song, but Tom Petty co-wrote that. If you look up the credits, Tom Petty co-wrote that song with him, and it's just like eh, he understood it. He like Tom Petty was such a bro. He kind of was though. Like he's someone. Can I be honest? I never got the Tom Petty thing. I've never taken a deep dive. I know a couple songs like Mary Jane's last dance or last ride or something no american girl american girl don't do me like that yeah falling and uh, free falling and uh won't back down (laughs) won't back yeah see all those songs waiting is the hardest part but but whatever he might be great and i have some people who really love him i mean but really the most important thing he's ever done is king of the hill was he in king of the hill no i'm sorry what what did he do did he do the played lucky (laughs) he played lucky in king of the hill (laughs) yeah what? You didn't know that? No, yeah, I don't. Uh, come on, you told me the other day Stephen Root is in King of the Hill, and I'm oh, like, yeah. but of course. Like, yeah. But like, I don't know who voiced anyone in there. The only one I know is Pamela Adlin, who plays Bobby, <laughs> because I was like, oh, a boy play. A I was actually play. like, I had to readjust in my seat <laughs> to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were really like, upset. Sorry, man. I let so you down. That show. Is he? Yeah. What's he doing? He's playing a well-meaning <laughs> hick. Who earns the love of uh, Hank's niece? Where are they in that show? Arlington? Yeah. No, Arlen. Arlen, Texas. Arlen. Damn. It's a made up town. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure. Like, they didn't want to piss any one town in Texas <laughs> off. Oh, man. Because I thought he was. No, he's from New Mexico. Mike Judges. Oh, okay. And he talks about that all the time. He told yeah. one story about how, like, there was a, a lot of Native Americans dudes there or whatever. And like one day he was at work and they were all waiting. He's like, hey, you want to go out? We're going to go out there and roll some facts, <laughs> like, which is horrible. But the idea that like Native American guys are saying we're going <laughs> to roll some facts. I was like, holy saying shit. It in so. a generalized <laughs> Native American accent. Why I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's amazing. Oh, uh, why did he tell it? He was on Marin, and you know that's where you get yeah, the embarrassing you stories. Places, yeah. <laughs> you go places in that show. What are you supposed to so do? Did he just politely decline? He's like, I know, I'm good. <laughs> he kept working or whatever. And that's the story he tells. I'm sure right. he sure he's rolled he, in his day. He rolled, <laughs> like, <laughs> rolled plenty. <laughs> he's rolled dirty, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mike Judge is weird. He's a weird guy too because he's like sort of Spanish, but not. Like, you look at him, and you're like, you ain't all white, guy. But that voice is super white, and that sensibility, yeah. like, he's, he's a weird guy. Isn't Hank Hill based on, like, his neighbor growing up? I, I know Hank Hill, the prototype of it is in Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, which he's I... The, the poor man <laughs> who just constantly gets his life ruined. Have you seen, have you seen the movie, movies? right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, this beautiful country. Doesn't he get arrested as a terrorist by the end? And like, like, there's no resolution to it. That movie is worth it for that character alone. Like, movie, it really yeah, is. it is. But that movie, honestly, is pretty great. I haven't seen it in a long time. I know the Rob Zombie acid trip sequence is it's wonderful. It's not even acid trip. They're just dying, right? <laughs> yeah. they're, in the they're just fucking dying. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all it's all good, man. It's the most I've ever liked Beavis and Butthead. Well, it was impressive to see that they work outside of the setting. That like the formula yeah. was they watch music videos and just comment on them. Like well, there's like a, a one minute long scene that's way funnier than it has any right to be. It's like a rake gag scene 
where they're trying like it's them realizing that their TV is gone. They like get back into their apartment. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Beavis. Oh, and they'd like spot to the TV where it's missing <laughs> from the wall to the window with footprints back to the TV, back to the window <laughs> for like a minute. And just, oh, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> they brought that back. It only lasted for a year. That was sad. I just want to rewatch that movie. The now. whole movie. Yeah. All right, well, we can end this and just watch Beavis and Butthead. I mean, I don't give a fuck about the burrito at all, man. Shit about this. I would do America. Beavis right now. Beavis. Oh, shit. TP for his bunghole, man. See, why is that so rudimentary? That's so elementary and so childish. But I think that's the joy of it. It worked. You know? Is that it's just you don't need an explanation. You don't need to fancy it up. Well, what I like about it is that it wasn't like Beavis in the moment thought he was being a genius. No, he was just fucked up. Yeah, he's and this just, was that's him. what happens when he gets fucked up. <laughs> yeah, which is Turns acceptable. Cornholio yeah, and needs TP for his bunghole. <laughs> Cornholio is a simple man. He has one request. 